You're listening to the Rhythm Dribble Basketball Development Podcast. The development podcast that walks you through the long journey of turning your love for basketball into next level success. Helping you enhance your skills physically, mentally, and emotionally to become the best player you can be. Helping families make decisions about this long, arduous journey. Hearing valuable stories from families' successes and failures during this exciting but uncertain time. Hi, my name is Daryl Adams. In today's episode, part three of a three-part series, we will continue our conversation about basketball training and the different perspectives of parents and basketball trainers. We'll be joined by Rick Spence for this interesting discussion. Be sure to subscribe to the Rhythm Dribble Basketball Development Podcast. I want to remind you to check out Rhythm Dribble on social media. Like us, follow us, and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send me your questions to CoachD at RhythmDribble.com, and I'll get to them later in this show or on future broadcasts. The next thing that I think that parents and trainers might really disagree on is, now first let me say this, it's easy to identify, and I think you did it here in studio, You are fast to tell me what the responsibility of the trainer is. That's to create levels of efficiency, to move move basketball players or trainees faster. It begs the question, what is the responsibility of the parents? And I'll paint a picture for you. We're standing at a fork in the road called basketball training and development. The road to the left is a road marked recreation. The road to the right is a road mark, something more serious, something that requires high level commitment that I'm going to try to take basketball and parlay it into something later. It's going to open up some doors for me. It's going to create some hard, uh, some hard relationships for me at some point. I want to play this at another level. I want to go to college. I want to go to the NBA. I think it's important to make this distinction. That while recreation is fun and creates some lessons that a child can take on as they develop in life, the more serious road is just that. It's a very serious road. And I think sometimes parents have a decision to make. Which road are they going to be on? I can't wait to hear your perspective which you're representing millions of parents out there with these next these next words that you say. What do you think about this fork in the road and this big decision that parents have to make? So what I can say is that as a parent, I don't believe there's two different paths. I believe that throughout the journey that it should still feel recreational to the child. It can't feel... They're too young for it to feel like a uh, a job or a, a profession, right? But I do think that's a that there's a level of commitment that's also expected. So I don't I don't believe there's two distinct paths. I believe there's there's a level of commitment that's needed, and it may not necessarily be in line with the trainers level of commitment at times is, is what is what I'll agree to. 
so the trainer has all the work in this in this relationship. No, that that's not the case. I believe that as the parent, there's some sacrifices that we have to make to the to some extent. But my my level of sacrificing may not meet the level of sacrifices expected by the trainer. But it goes both ways, right? Their level of training may not meet the, the the level of expedience that we were looking for as parents. So so what I can say that what what I value and what's important to me that I'm having to give up may be different than than what a trainer may value. Right? So if I value so if I value family time, but if if I'm seriously serious about training then that's going to pull me away from from family time. I, I'm not going to be able to maybe sit down and have dinner with with my wife and, and, and all the other kids who may be not participating in this particular sport at this time. Um, I may miss some some social gatherings. They, they miss some they may miss some birthday parties or things like that. Um, some of those things I'm probably not willing to compromise as a parent. What, but what I am willing to comp- compromise is I'm willing to give up my social life. I'm willing to, I'm willing to alternate my work schedule. I'm I'm willing to take the journey. It, it, it's there's a significant time investment that's that has to be bared by the parents, right? I have to drive to and fro for the for the training. I've got to sit there doing the training to some extent. And so with that being said, I, I've i got to give up some things. And I'm willing to give those up as a parent. However, I'm not willing to commit to coming seven days a week. I'm not willing for, for that to be my life. At the end of the day, I am willing to sacrifice some things. I'm just not willing to sacrifice everything for a, for a sport. Because it's, it's bigger than that. Life is bigger than that. It's education. There's, uh, I've got to transition to a profession. Even if they were fortunate enough to become professional athletes, at some point, there's something beyond that, right? And so I think what happens to a lot of athletes is that they're so succumbed with this process. They're so, there's so much sacrifice that's given. That's, a, that's all they ever become is an athlete. So what happens when it's over? I've, I've known plenty, I know plenty of guys that, that I played basketball with through my younger years and I, and I was in high school and, and and they were superior athletes but that's all there were that's all they ever were and then once once that that high school glory time was over they didn't know what to do they didn't they didn't know what was next for them right because it was nothing outside of basketball so that's something I'm not willing to sacrifice so I'm I make it a point to ensure that that my sons get different aspects of life we we spend a significant amount of time with basketball however we still do social gatherings i make sure they get out with their friends i make sure that we got good family time that that they that they experience life in, in all facets of it because at some point it will end and i have to be able to transition that and unfortunately what i find with a lot of the high level athletes who spend a significant amount of time in the gym is that that's a difficult transition for them and then it ends up hurting them later in life, and they know they they don't know anything else but being an athlete until they live in those glory days, and they're still chasing a dream, 
individuals who are 35 and still working out to, to join some pro team and never getting on with life because there's so much life left after basketball. You have literally half of your life. So I'm not going to sacrifice everything for half of uh, half of my child's life is my is my stance. Listening to you, I can kind of hear the parent in you and you awaken the parent in me as well. Um, again, I have a uh, child who just graduated college and in fact, he was an honorable mention All-American basketball player um, who got a chance to go play in the NBA. Your story makes me think of a time I went to Atlanta and we were training. And on this particular uh, occasion, he had one of his teammates from college there, a decent basketball player, but he did not have the opportunity to go on and play basketball professionally. Uh, and I saw him in the gym and I hadn't seen him for a long time. And I said, hey, what's up? I said, so what's, what are you doing in Atlanta and what's next for you? And he says, it just so happens that an alum from St. Bonaventure happens to be the CEO of the airline company based in Atlanta. And his job down here was a high-level job within the airline company doing something consistent with what he did in college. So what immediately comes to mind is this transition into real life and how the relationships that were created during all of this work called college basketball came back and helped him out. The resources that were available to him are resources that are not available to everyone. And it was, it was a breath of fresh air to see this athlete, this four-year basketball player, that probably poured his life into basketball, that he had an opportunity to transition into a profession very cleanly. It did not escape me that he was able to call on the relationships that were built over that long span of time. That's fair. There's there's no argument there. Um, I do. I've seen that happen um, because much like a fraternity, a sorority, but basketball is, is a brotherhood or a sisterhood. And so you do build relationships with alumni who can often help you once you kind of transition. And I built lifelong friends who I may utilize in um, getting into the business world. However, I, I, I don't know. I've probably seen more people on the other side of the coin because maybe I wasn't the star player. Maybe I was number 13. I was the, I was the guy in high school, but I was number 13 in college or I was number 11. So I may not have that opportunity to to get face to face with someone who could provide an opportunity. Um, so I, I think it happens, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And so my concern is about the guys who it does not happen for. Um, so that's that's more that, that's more my standpoint. But I can see where you're coming from. So when I think of athletes, I just think of the probative value. I think of the hard lessons that were learned lifelong. This idea of commitment and accountability, and responsibility, and teamwork. These are all things that were taught at a high level and while in on the front line. Whereas these are things that translate to life very cleanly. 
So I don't know that you disagreed with me, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that I had a personal experience where I saw this life transition very cleanly after college basketball. The other thing that jumps into my mind when you tell me that there's not two paths, that it all starts as recreation and it grows into, into whatever it is in real life. I, um, I appreciated that. Um, except that because I'm on the training side, I see parents that from the beginning, from the onset, it's never recreational. And I just wonder how do kids compete against them when they get out, they're almost shot out of a slingshot in terms of the, um, the amount of things that they need to learn and the speed at which they need to learn them. It's difficult to catch up with guys like that, especially when they are cut out to be the better athletes or the tougher minded or the more critical thinkers of the world. It's hard. It seems like once they get out, then it's kind of hard to catch them, especially if they fall into the hands of the right trainer and developer and nurturer who's not looking to speed them through the process, but they are willing to evolve their skills and make them good at the level they are and while working on the, the, the level, on the things that's going to make them good at the new level that they're expected to be at. And if we can continue to do this over the course of of a young child's life, then sure, the chances of that child making it seems like it increases far more than the child that doesn't. So I think that commitment of the parent has to at least consider, are we, are we doing this recreationally? Because if we are, then we don't need to be in the gym this much time. Or if we're doing it recreationally, then we don't need to join an AAU circuit that requires us to play three weekends out of the month and sacrifice some other things. Or to spend four weeks in the summertime where we're away at a national competition. So I think if parents get ahead of this and make this, are we recreation or are we more serious about this thing? Are we going to parlay this thing? It could help to guide some of these early life decisions. So, as I listen to you explain your, your thoughts, one thing that keeps jumping out at me is that several times you mention if the parent wants this recreation, if the parent takes this, if the parent... However, I think some of the onus is on the child. That's probably one of the biggest things that happens is that the parents take the the path to the right. They're super serious. They're... They're overbearing with it. And the child doesn't have that level of commitment. So it presents a, a frictional moment. And so they're not, and it may push that child from that sport because the parent feels like it's, it's, it's their dream. They're living through them and the child doesn't have that level of commitment. However, if the child is showing interest at that age and, and they and, and they want bigger and, and they you see them when, when you're not pushing them, you don't have to ask them, is it time to go train? You don't have to ask them, is it time to work out? They're requesting, hey, when we going back to the gym? Hey, can I get some shots up? Can you rebound for me? And that's when it starts to become more than recreation. When the, the child should spark it, not the parent. 
I think that's a really good point. But it takes me back to the early days of my son playing recreationally. Um, where we took him and he was in a county league in Maryland. And he was the best player in the league. So he loved that. That was fun for him. And somebody saw him. He's a pretty dominant kid at the county level. And somebody from Baltimore City saw him and asked his mom, hey, can this guy come out and play for us? And he goes out and plays for them. And all of a sudden, it's not quite as fun anymore because it's challenging. And those guys tend to be on a different track. They're very aggressive, right? In their mind, they know why they're out there, and that's to win and to dominate. Whereas my guy came out there just kind of to have some fun at a recreational level. It wasn't long until me, the protector of my child, said, no, we've got to do something very different if we're going to continue to come here and play basketball because these guys aren't, they're not necessarily being cooperative with me just giving them a child that's looking to have a little bit of fun on the weekend. Sure. These guys are out there to embarrass them and make them feel bad. Whereas me as a dad, I'm not going to let that happen. So I remember ramping up training early and that was kind of the beginning of the training process for him. It was certainly as a response that I said, no, 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 no. This is not going to work. My child needs to be the best among these children. And it just so happens they're better than county level children. In other words, I recognize, I read the Kobe Bryant uh, book, The Mama Mentality, and a number of things jump out to me. And I remember him saying uh, that Kobe Bryant, he entered the NBA not just to play. He entered it to be one of the greatest players that ever played. And I'm able to draw a line from that back to one of his teammates describing him as never seeing a player as dedicated to being the best. He unquestionably worked harder than anybody that the player, Paul Gasol was his name, had ever seen in his career. And I'm able to draw that line to what Kobe's interest was to go into the NBA, to what Kobe's description of his workouts were, to what other people say about Kobe's life in basketball, and what other people say about Steve's Nash, Steve Nash's life in athletics. And I'm able to parlay that and draw a line from all of those things which have high-level commitment attached to them and draw the line squarely to each and every child that walks in the gym and says that they want to play. And I just think it's easier if the parent is able to say, mm, I want the recreation that you're talking about, because I think that that works. I don't think that anybody's wrong there. And I do think that valuable things are learned on that path. But I think that the parents that says that this is not a recreation for us, we want to get started on the path to parlaying this sport into, because we've seen it um, in, in the training facility, Rhythm Dribble, that kids were got free scholarships to middle school, scholarships to some of the better high schools in the area, scholarships to college. And then we've seen two guys sign NBA contracts. So we know what the parlay is. 
It's just a matter of can we get started earlier if a parent is able to say, I'm here for this and I know that I'm here for this. So if there's another room I need to go in or if there's another piece of paper that I need to sign or if there's a healthier regimen that I need to get on, put me on it. And if not, then we need to understand this child is here on a recreational path and we're going to teach them some baseline prerequisite skill work and we're going to see what it turns into down the path, down the road, I think that would be a good thing to know early on. Wow. So that was a lot to digest. Uh, I certainly appreciate your insight, as I'm sure the listeners do as well. Uh, this has been an enjoyable conversation for me, um, just to kind of get your perspective. And I know we, we talk a lot off... Um, off air in terms of some of these some of these things so to be able to present this to the masses uh hopefully was able to to bring some insight into your thinking as well as um one parent's perspective um throughout the journey i sure want to thank you for your time and your and your opinions about this this topic that means so much to so many people um i also hope that listeners uh can now understand that there is a relationship and the responsibility of this teamwork called trainer, parent, and trainee. Um, I also want to give you a chance to add anything for the listeners, and I guess this will be a good time for it. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed the, the conversation, as I mentioned. Um, I always enjoy talking basketball. Um, I guess in closing, I can say I, I took some extreme positions, uh, especially during the conversation when we were um, speaking about the expediency of getting things done. And I mentioned it being too slow, um, looking for the training to do a little bit more, do it faster and have some results on the court. And um, those aren't my those are that isn't my current mindset. But it was important that I mentioned it only due to the fact that I know that there's 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 parents out there who still feel this way today. I, I have some friends who, who feel this way. And there, there's, um, yeah, it, it's just a natural process that you go through, and I have went through it. So that's how I can kind of speak to it, because I've been through those, those peaks and those valleys and able to come out on the other side in terms of understanding what this thing truly is. And so if I could offer any advice, I would say it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So just... Um, just enjoy the process, even as frustrating as it as, as it can be. Much like the game of golf, basketball training has some similarities to it in the sense that with the golf, if you don't stick with it, um, you can you can fall off pretty quickly. But what actually keeps players coming back and playing that sport is that even I could have six rounds of bad golf, fifteen bad shots in a row. However, it could be that one shot where it just feels perfect. I hit it in the sweet spot and I stick it. And that enjoyment makes it all worth it. And that's much like basketball training. And so um, for just for the parents, stick with it. And I'm sure there'll be something on the other side of it, whether it be an athletic scholarship or just a maturation of your child. Another thing I would say, find your comfort level in terms of what you're willing to give um, for this basketball thing in your child's career and go a little bit past that. Right. Uh, you've got to give up something so that they can gain something. Those would be my two takeaways. Oh, man. Good. Um, and again, I like to leave on three parting notes as well. Um, and the, the first thing is that I never wanted to be all about basketball, uh, but I am a father. And when I take off the trainer's hat and I put on the father's hat, 
I would do anything for my kids. And if they choose basketball, then I am going to. And I also want parents to come along for the ride to do what it takes to get there. No, I mean really get there. Um, I have two kids who went on to receive scholarships, um, to go and play basketball at the next level. Um, and I think that this part of their lives, uh, they're learning some pretty strong lessons that I think are going to, to help to springboard the rest of their lives. And I think that this, the relationships that they receive and the lessons that they learn in college, I think that they go a long way. And I, and I, and I hope that uh, many of the listeners can only experience this for themselves. The second thing is that I think that trainers, we have a responsibility. And I think that we ought to be process driven. And I think like you said earlier, I think that we do have the responsibility to provide results as efficiently as possible. Um, and I think that uh, uh, using processes can get us there. Um, and lastly, I think that uh, parenting is hard. And I just hope that I can continue to be a support uh, as we, as a team, uh, go about this business of creating quality people uh, and also lifelong learners. And I appreciate the conversation. I hope that got across in, in, in all of our conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Also, be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to leave a comment. Let us continue to evolve this product so we can meet the exact needs of trainees, families, coaches, and trainers. Again, I'm your host, Daryl Adams. You've been listening to the Rhythm Dribble Basketball Development Podcast. I look forward to talking to you guys next episode.